Welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast number 206. My name is Mike Anello, and joining me today is Heather Rodriguez. Heather, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Mike? I'm pretty good. Uh, we have you on the podcast today to talk about uh, the DrupalCon Nashville Being Human track. So we're going to dive into that in a minute. But before we do, let's uh, learn a little bit more about you. You, I just realized a few minutes ago uh, that you have actually been on our podcast before, um, back on episode 187, talking about Bad Camp. I have. So I previously was volunteering with Bad Camp and was working at Civic Actions. So I was out in California. And then uh, I got a, just an amazing job opportunity with the state of Georgia. And so I left California moved to Atlanta, and now I'm actually working for Digital Services Georgia. So that's Georgia.gov, correct? Correct, correct. They rebranded. They used to be called Georgia Gov Interactive, and now the team is Digital Services Georgia. So this is the same group that a couple years ago, maybe more than that, because I have no memory of these things, relaunched the official like Georgia State government site, and that, and that was on Drupal 7, and that was kind of a big deal. Correct. It was a huge deal because the platform was actually launched in 2013, and it was the first large government platform that was um, responsive and on D7. So there's been several talks already at DrupalCon about this, and it turns out that this year, uh, one of the things that they had been uh, looking for was somebody to help them in the process of replatforming. So we're going to actually upgrade to Drupal 8. So here comes another you know, wonderful, amb- ambitious project at uh, Georgia. So your role is kind of helping with the planning and then and, and moving that site from D7 to D8? Correct, correct. Okay, that seems like a, a fairly big job. Yeah, we uh, right now we're in the procurement process, so we've uh, been going through some, you know, just really extensive uh, planning and trying to get vendors on board. And this, you know, it's going to be, a pretty heavy initiative, but I'm really excited. And hopefully in a few, you know, Drupal cons, we'll have, you know, our, our new success story. So it sounds like it's more than just a straight migration from Drupal 7 to Drupal 8. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a complete replatforming. And especially because uh, we've been bolting on new solutions, like uh, there's going to be a, there isn't already an integration with Alexa. And, um, you know, so there's, and there, there are some other things that, uh, we've been just kind of, you know, as technology matures, you know, our solution back in 2013 wasn't quite as flexible as it needs to be, uh, nowadays. And the platform has gotten a lot bigger. Um, but so we'll be going back and, you know, making sure that, uh, content that was unstructured is now structured and, um, you know, just, we're not doing a lift and shift. You know, we're really rethinking how we provide services and information to the citizens of Georgia and then um, architecting Drupal 8 to meet those needs. All right. Well, in a couple of years when you guys relaunch, uh, let us know and we'll have you back on the podcast and find out how it went. Awesome. Yeah, the it should. So we have, I think, a pretty aggressive launch date of next January 2019, but it should be just more of like a beta launch with a first few initial sites. So it'll take a while because we have about 80 sites so far on the platform. And so it'll take a while for it all to catch up. But yeah, definitely looking forward to it in the next couple of years. So before you mentioned you worked for Civic Actions, uh, before yes. that you were with University of Maryland's uh, College of Engineering. Is that where you got your Drupal start? 
So that was a few jobs ago. Um, I had some interludes at uh, Rock Creek Strategic Marketing, which is now agency chief. Um, I worked at the College of Engineering um, for also a few years, but my actual Drupal start was in uh, the College of Arts and Humanities, which is also in the University of Maryland. So you're not wrong. All right. So let's move on to uh, kind of the main topic here. And let's talk about the Being Human track, which um, when this was first launched or started a few years ago. Um, I've always been a big fan of it. I, I think it's kind of a necessary and, and help. Well, maybe not necessary is not the right word, but a, an extremely helpful track um, for our community. Um, so can you tell us a little bit like about what is the being human track all about? Sure. So being human, um, I think the first instance of the track was in 2016 in Dublin. And since then, um, it's been at every con since. So it's been in Vienna and Baltimore and obviously Nashville. And basically there was a need to set aside a lot of the tool sets and the software and the processes and focus on the real human elements of what it means to be uh, a functioning individual in the open source community. So it's a lot more personal than a lot of the other tracks. And um, this year, actually, we have introduced a new track called Building Community. And so it's been kind of tricky to differentiate between what would go into a being human and a building community track, since we both are similarly looking at the human elements of um, you know, open source participation in Drupal. But I think how we've narrowed the scope is that being human really deals with a holistic individual and the individual's um, impact in tools that for working within the community, whereas the community, the building community track is more um, dealing with issues globally and as a whole. Right. Groups of people where right. I, I look at, yeah, I look at being human as like for individuals. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you first, cause it's in the rundown. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> um, you're, you're not the only track chair for, for this track. You want to tell us a little bit about um, the other two folks helping you out? Absolutely. So my globals, uh, and so for for those of you in the audience who don't know how the track chair process works, because I didn't know either, um, you have one local track chair who's generally, this is their first time sort of being a track chair, so that would be me, the track noob. And then you have your globals, who are people who have um, participated in the track before. And so uh, I am really lucky to be paired with Joe Schindelar and Zofie um, Mayer. And uh, they've both been incredible mentors to me through this process. And they were uh, the track chairs for, um, I believe, Vienna. All right. So in a minute, we're going to, you know, I want to ask you about a few of the accepted sessions that the DrupalCon Nashville schedule just came out. So I want to, you know, we'll, we'll talk about a few of them. I think there's at least, what, eight or ten total uh, sessions in this track? Right. I think we have nine, maybe. Oh, look at that. I, hit, I, I kind of hit the nail right on the head by saying eight to ten then. Take the average. Um, so we're going to, you know, I want to ask you about a few of them. But before we do that, let me, um, I, I need to serve our sponsor, uh, Drupal Aid. So uh, DrupalAid.com was born out of Drupal Geddon a few years ago. So there was a you know, big security release that um, came out for Drupal Core a few years ago. That was kind of a big deal. It, you know, made pretty much everyone's uh, Drupal site vulnerable. And it was one of those things where if you didn't, 
kind of update your site right away, then it was likely that your site was going to get hacked and bad things were going to happen. So out of that came um, this company uh, called DrupalA.com. And they are basically a company that will help you keep your site up to date with security updates so that when a security update comes out, they will just take care of it uh, as soon as possible, you know, normally within 24 hours. So they're basically a Drupal support and maintenance company. Uh, their plans start at uh, $99 a month. There's no setup fees. They promise that if there's a critical security update uh, for your site, it will get applied that same day. All of their plans have manual as well as automated aspects to make sure that a security update won't take your site down or make something look funny or break part of your site. Every month they'll do security scans and broken link scans and check for module updates and do a manual site check and do a speed test just to make sure your site is running uh, tip top. Uh, they also have an affiliate program. So if you are an agency and you refer clients to them, then you get a cut of the uh, you know, of the monthly fee. So definitely check them out at drupalaid.com, D-R-U-P-A-L-A-I-D.com, no dashes or anything like that. Okay, Heather, let's dive in um, to some of these sessions. This first one, I believe I have, well, I know I've seen it, and I believe it was at Bad Camp I saw this, um, a session by a gentleman by the name of John Ouellette, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm glad that you tried, not me. Okay, I think it's Ouellette. I, I'm probably wrong, but let's just let's since no one's here to correct me, we'll just go with that until someone does correct me. Uh, titled "From Homeless Addict to Winning Drupal: How a Community Can Save Lives." So this session, um, this year, we tried something a little bit different in the tracks, and we released a few uh, sessions immediately that we agreed were our pre-selected sessions. So these were either people that we reached out to ahead of time and said, hey, submit something and we'll accept it, or submissions that came in that we were like, this needs to go out immediately. It's you know one of the gold standard sessions. And this one really caught my eye. And as you said, it was um, already given at Bad Camp and another track chair in a different track had said that it brought her to tears, um, that it was just such an amazing talk. And basically he talks about the humbling journey of being, you know, a homeless drug addicted individual and how he went from that situation of being completely um, disadvantaged to rising up into management at a Drupal community, uh, a Drupal company rather, sorry. Um, and how important it was to have the community and how, how that acceptance um, sort of, you know, just rebuilt his confidence and he was able to, you know, really get his life on track. And that's just such an overwhelming positive journey. I just can't, um, you know, I'm just so much looking forward to seeing the session. So, uh, yeah, this was one of our pre-selected ones. Yeah. I remember when I saw it, it really gave me, or it kind of like reset my perspective as far as like what I thought my problems were. Right. Like, oh no, I'm out of milk. You know, that that's not like a, you know, an actual problem compared to what this gentleman went through. Right. It, it really put things in perspective and yeah, I, I was really glad when I saw it because I, I I didn't realize it had been you know proposed and to see it at DrupalCon I think that's a, it's a great platform for this. Right, and I think it's great that one of the things that this this track really provides is you know sometimes when you go to conferences you can get bogged down in the minutia of you know is 
this like decoupled Drupal better than, you know, using the theme system or whatnot. But sometimes it's really nice just to take a step back and say like, this software that we're working on is empowering and changing people's lives and just realizing the, 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 the potential that we have uh, to really lift each other up. I have found that in the past, when I've looked at the sessions in this track, there's always a few that, just by reading the, the title and the, and the description, make me uncomfortable, but not in a not in a, in, a, in a negative way, just in a, that seems like a really personal topic and I don't think I want to be like in a room mm-hmm. watching the person speak. And so I'll kind of mark it down and I'll watch it, you know, I'll watch the recording later on. Um, have you heard that? I mean, is, is that? Yes. It's really interesting that you bring that up because so uh, we had talked or I, I see that you have on your list of things to talk about is whether the uh, sessions in the Being Human track are well attended. And so what's interesting about this track is that while it is the actually top rated track in the conference, it doesn't actually draw the largest numbers. And so one reason for that um, is that because, you know, it is a tech conference that obviously people are going to try and build the work skills and go directly to a talk on, you know, some API or, you know, whatever initiative is the latest in core. But um, also because it is so personal, a lot of people can feel uncomfortable. And if they're going to a session, you know, they might be sensitive to the fact that somebody sees them going into a session and are they struggling with this same thing? And so, you know, they might get a little bit hesitant around the optics of it right exactly yeah i was gonna i was gonna say that exact that exact thing like there's another one i was gonna ask you about um which i thought was really interesting not necessarily because of the topic but because of who's presenting it um and so the title is succeeding as an introvert and it's being presented by a gentleman by the name of aaron campbell who is a wordpress security team lead and so i'm thinking to myself well you know if i thought i was an introvert would I be completely comfortable admitting that or go and going to this session and being seen as someone who sees himself as an introvert? Or would I be more comfortable, you know, just watching the recording later on? Right, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't have the stats, but the, you know, I think now I feel motivated to look at the, the being human videos and compare them again, you know, the watches against other tracks, because I think you'll probably find a trend that more people are downloading the videos and what or not downloading rather, but streaming and watching them versus, um, you know, actually participating. I think you'll probably see that as a trend. Yeah. They're so good. I mean, most of, most of the track, most of the sessions in these tracks in the past have just been just really good. And I don't want to call it lightweight, but you know, it, it's very different than a technical session where if you're watching a technical session on YouTube, there's, you know, can be a lot of pausing, writing things down or rewinding and stuff like that. But these are more of just sit back and listen and and understand and soak it in and kind of reflect on it. So for me, they definitely feel like a different kind of session. I think that it depends on the particular topic. You know, so I actually, I got into this track because I spoke in this track. Um, I spoke last year in Baltimore on imposter syndrome with uh, two good friends of mine, um, two very talented ladies, Cat Cool and Sarah Thrasher. And 
I think our presentation was pretty dense. You know, it, it had a lot to unpack. Um, and I think there is a tendency to think of human problems as, you know, less difficult than tech problems. But I would posit that they're, you know, a lot harder to solve. And that's why we have to keep talking about them over and over. Um, but you're right in that it's easier to perhaps listen or digest the information that's coming to you rather than um, a technical talk. But uh, I do think it is a bit of a... Um, uh, a miscategorization of calling it, you know, light or soft, because I don't, I don't necessarily think a lot of this stuff is, I mean, I think empathy, uh, you know, so there's another talk in the track that is about the value of empathy and, uh, empathy has actually been cited in multiple places and I don't have a reference offhand, but as a, like a crucial skill for the 21st century workforce. Um, and yet, you know, we're seeing a lot of repercussions in in the field where you know people who aren't demonstrating empathy are running into a lot of problems um so yeah these are big these are big problems you know big big challenges and it's it's great that there's a place to talk about them right thank you yeah thank you for saying i definitely light it was not the right word i i and I, i'm not sure what the right word is yet but let me give you an example i have in the past rather than sat down and watch these in front of my laptop I've just listened to them like while I'm running or on my bike or something. So you don't necessarily for all of these sessions need the video component of it. Right. So maybe more. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it properly. I'm clearly failing, but let's forget about that and move on. So I think the session you were just talking about, about empathy is the other, another one that's in my rundown here um, titled it's not personal. It's just business. Understand the value of empathy in teams by Sarah wall. Right. So this one we chose because empathy is such a hot button issue right now. And this, uh, this article, or this article, this <laughs> talk rather is about, um, you know, what role empathy plays in the workplace and how to cultivate um, empathy. And, you know, what are some traits that, you know, that an empathic person exhibits? And, you know, if you're a leader at a company, uh, you know, how do you introduce this into your workplace? How do you foster an environment that um, is empathetic? So we thought that this was a really, a really critical topic, and we, we definitely are excited to uh, invite Sarah to come speak. So the next one, um, well-known uh, person in the Drupal community, uh, David Huang, um, titled, I Was Wrong. I, I have a feeling after I watch this presentation, I'm going to have to show it to my kids. <laughs> so... Um... Yeah, unfortunately, the details about this uh, this panel are a little light because um, if you know you do know David, then you know that he's you know he's this is going to be a little bit of an improvisation. He's still in the recruiting process. However, I've been guaranteed that what I'm going to get um, is I mean, obviously David does produce really great work, and so I'm not worried about it. Um, but we're going to get a diverse panel of speakers who are really talking about um, times in their career when they were wrong. They're going to reflect on their failures and um, they're going to be honest and vulnerable in front of a crowd of people. And so this could be anything from, you know, personal failures to, you know, career failures, technical failures. You know, maybe I made a mistake in hiring someone. Maybe I made a mistake in, um, you know, recommending some technical solution and it really blew up in my face. Um, but it's really interesting that in the Silicon Valley culture, I think that there's a, you know, a tradition of being open about failure because, you know, there's the yeah, the, all of the mantras of, you know, fail fast, fail early. And, you know, so, you know, what can we learn from failures? But yet people are very reluctant 
in general to talk about failures um, and making mistakes, despite the fact that we all do. We all make mistakes all the time. Um, but yet, you know, our pride really prevents us from, you know, sharing that and from learning from other people's mistakes. Uh, so I'm hoping that this one, this one I have really high hopes for. So I'm really curious to see what happens and how it comes together. All right. And then the last one I kind of wanted to spotlight, actually you added this one to the rundown. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think. Um, it's a session by, and again, I hope I pronounce uh, the name right, uh, Ashraf Abed. Yes. So Ashraf's presentation is Extending the Abstract Class of Privilege, Outcomes and Lessons Learned. So Ashraf has a um, debug academy, I believe is the name of, he, he started a side project, which is to teach people how to use Drupal. And what he found was that um, he was able to extend this privilege that he has of being a Drupal developer to all of these people who had came from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, who were maybe single mothers, who had um, just all of these like um, you know obstacles in their path. And he realized like how powerful the work that he was doing, um, like how he was able to you know, leverage his privilege to build other people up. And, um, he, uh, is bringing with him somebody so that they can get their first talk. Um, you know, at DrupalCon, one of his students will be joining him on stage. And, uh, I'm just really, really excited to see this because, um, you know, this, this is truly, so I've been, uh, involved in the Drupal diversity and inclusion group, uh, which has been a fairly new, uh, initiative in the past year or two. And, um, you know, this is just a really wonderful example of um, those types of initiatives in, in at work. Yeah, that sounds like just a just a feel good story right there. Yeah, absolutely. So how many sessions were submitted for this track? Whew. So there were 80, roughly 80, I believe, uh, sessions submitted and we had to whittle that down to nine. So unfortunately. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, it was a really better you than me. Right. It was a wild week. Um, I can tell you that. And it was also, it was, it was very stressful, you know, because I had to, we had to really, um, you know, say no to a lot of great content. And, you know, I, I, I really had to struggle to, you know, choose the, the, there were a lot of topics that just kept coming up. And so trying to choose the one that I felt like would resonate most with the audience, you know, it was really, it was really tough. Um, well, it was interesting that through the submissions, what really stuck out, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, concern right now about how to balance work life, uh, concerns, especially in a remote environment. That one kept coming up. Burnout was a topic I think that had been more prominent, uh, that was a little bit less so this year. Um, this year was a lot, definitely a, there were a lot of, um, like sessions on remote work. There were a lot of sessions on, um, on, there were some empathy ones, uh, communication, leadership stuff. So, uh, really good stuff. Uh, I'm really also excited about, um, the, there's one that's being given, um, by a woman who's talking about her transition from being uh, a marketer through a coding boot camp to a developer. Uh, and so I think, you know, especially with the proliferation, oof, okay, let me say that word again. With the proliferation of coding boot camps, it's uh, it's really important right now to hear some of the success stories and some of the you know pros and cons of going through that path to becoming a member of the community. 
All right. Well, this all sounds great. Probably not be the first, but I'll thank you very much for your time and 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 put and just the the fortitude and the just the fact that you had to whittle it down from you know eighty or ninety to nine. That just sounds awful. That's I I don't think I could. I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. That's a that's a tough job. Tough, but incredibly rewarding. I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody, and you know I know everybody's going to shine. All right, so you're going to stick around for a couple minutes because we're going to uh, we're going to talk to you uh, and uh, well, we're going to have uh, the five questions first of all. But let me mention a couple other things that have been floating around the Drupal community um, the past uh, couple weeks since our last podcast. Uh, I did especially want to mention first off. Uh, there is a new Drupal Commerce 2.x installer for Drupal 8. And it's at Drupal, I'm sorry, it's at commercekickstart.com. So I, I wanted to mention this because a lot of folks back in the Drupal 7 days to try out Drupal Commerce would download this Drupal, I'm sorry, this Commerce Kickstart distribution. And it was a big honking distribution with all kinds of modules and demo content and a custom theme, and it looked all really slick. And a lot of folks have been wondering, is there going to be a commerce kickstart for Drupal 8? Well, the answer is yes, although in a slightly different package. So I checked it out um, a couple days ago. And the deal is you go to commercekickstart.com and you can pick and choose like what payment um, processors do you want on your site? Are you going to be importing data? Do you want to base it on another distribution? Do you want to, uh, what are some of the other ones? Um, how do you want to handle taxes? And each of these options has three or four, uh, or each of these questions has three or four options. And at the end of it, you click a button and it basically it creates a composer.json file and some scripts that go along with that composer.json file. And that's all you download. So that comes down to your local machine and you basically just do a composer install against that composer JSON and it puts the distribution together for you on your local machine. Um, it's a really different and interesting way of putting together kind of a customized distribution. I don't think I've ever seen it before, something like this. So I wanted to mention it and get it out there. Uh, I definitely think you should check it out if you have used Drupal Commerce in the past or you've played around with Commerce Kickstart in the past. Again, it's at commercekickstart.com. Uh, I also wanted to mention that uh, Drupal Easy, some Drupal Easy news real quick. Our 12-week live instructor, that would be me, online class begins March 26th. It's three times a week, uh, a half day, um, three half days a week, I should say. Uh, live online through GoToMeeting, you get me in a window and you get our curriculum, you know, PDFs and screencasts and, and, and just live instruction for 12 weeks on Drupal 8 development best practices. We do everything from developer workflow, getting a good development environment on your local machine, you know, using Git, using Drush, using Drupal console. We go pretty deep into Drupal's information architecture. We learn how to use views. We do, you know, the basics of module and theme development. We talk about distributions. We talk about team development with Git and remote environments. So over 12 weeks, we try to turn Drupal hobbyists or people who are new to Drupal into and teach them the skills that a Drupal professional needs to have. So definitely if you're interested, you can head to drupaleasy.com slash DCO. That stands for Drupal Career Online. 
and learn a little bit more about it. And just announced earlier this week, um, I will be giving a training at DrupalCon Nashville, a full-day training on Monday, April 9th. Um, it's the same training I've given at DrupalCons for the past two or three years now. It's our Introduction to Drupal 8 Module Development. It's a class I absolutely love teaching. I probably taught it about a dozen times. We always get really good um, reviews. You go home not only with the lesson that day, but also access to our learning site where you have access to screencasts demonstrating all the examples and a, like a 40-page PDF that kind of walks you through everything we did in class. So if you're heading to Nashville and you want to dip your toes, or well, actually it's more than a dip of your toes, if you want to jump in to Drupal 8 module development, it's a great way to do it. Um, so you can check that out on the DrupalCon site, or I will put a link in the show notes. Uh, I do want to mention a couple upcoming events, obviously DrupalCon Nashville, April 9th through 13th coming up. Uh, I also want to mention MidCamp, which is coming up March 8th through 11th. So I guess that's about two weeks away um, from the second as we record. Uh, I, I got to give a shout out to uh, Kevin uh, Tall. Kevin, is it Thal or Tall? I never, I, I've never asked him and I've always wondered. But he is the guy who goes around uh, to Drupal camps and records sessions. And we just had him down at Florida camp last weekend. I don't know how he does it. He's a machine, but normally within 24 hours, all of the sessions are up on YouTube. He's amazing. He's one of the organizers of MidCamp, so I want to give a shout out. I know they had some financial issues at that camp. Um, I think they hopefully have them behind them, and that camp is looking to be another you know, great uh, MidCamp uh, put on by uh, Kevin and the rest of the organizers. Okay, let me take a deep breath here. Uh, if you, well, let me ask Heather. So, where can people, if they want to learn um, uh, more about you or follow you online, what do you recommend, if anything? Twitter. Uh, so, you can follow me on Twitter at h r o d r i g. So, h Rodrig. All right. So, before we do the five questions, I have two topics. One of them, uh, someone who knows you and who know, well, a friend we have in common. Um, I told them that you were coming on the podcast and they said, oh, well, you definitely have to ask her about her dog. Because <laughs> apparently you and your dog have a very special relationship or something or you're really into your dog. So I promised I would, I would ask you about it. So let me a couple softball questions. What's your dog's name? Okay. Uh, so Winston is a collie. Um, and so he has a very large coat. And uh, I think our mutual friend thinks that he looks like he belongs in an 80s hair metal band. Well, that's a great segue into the other thing I wanted to ask you about, because I, I was not told this. I actually found this on one of your work bios. I think it's your previous job, or maybe your current job. I'm not, I forget which one. But you are into like heavy metal and you play guitar yes yes all right so give me like your top two or three favorite heavy metal bands and let's see if you and i could hang out together so oh well that's a high bar uh, well not really <laughs> so um one of my actual like all right so i have plenty of favorite heavy metal bands anywhere from metallica to iron maiden um but my current favorite is a french environmental metal band called gojira um, they've been, they used to be kind of obscure, but have become, you know, some of the like top titans of metal recently. Um, but you know, I love tool, anything with Maynard and, um, you know, any of Maynard's other bands like perfect circle or, um, Pussifer, 
Those are all great. I am nowhere near cool enough to hang out with you. That that I think we've decided. <laughs> I've, I've decided that. You, you know, when you said Metallica, I'm I'm 100% on board. Okay. Love Metallica. But then the other bands you mentioned are, you know, they're, I don't know who they are. So clearly I'm not, I'm not. I'm not as into heavy metal as I thought I was. It's all right. We can, we can catch you up. <laughs> all right. So let's do five questions. Uh, so name something interesting. And now I have to say other than your dog and other than heavy metal that you do outside of Drupal. You took it all away. I do nothing else interesting. <laughs> well, you play guitar. So, so do you play, he- you play like heavy metal guitar? Um, actually, I mostly play acoustic guitar, which, yeah. I, um, but I, so I play guitar. I play piano. Um, I like to go hiking, you know, just uh, pretty, pretty normal stuff, you know, like to argue with people on the internet. Does that count? I don't know. I, I can't I do that. I don't know how I don't, I, I am the first one to say, okay, I'm out. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay, well, I'll take that. I'll take the hiking and the guitar and arguing with people on the internet as, as an answer. That, that's not too bad. Oh, I play video games. Does that count? Yeah, sure. What's your favorite? What video game are you, are you into right now? Stardew Valley is incredibly addictive. So it's what platform is that? Uh, So it originally started out as just you know a game on Steam, um, but I actually have it for the Xbox. Um, So I have it, but if you have you know a PS4 or I think they even it's out on the Switch as well. Um, But anyway, it's this game. It's kind of like a hybrid of Animal Crossing and The Sims, and you just go around and tend to your farm and talk to people and take care of your animals and. It's just highly addictive. All right. Fair enough. What's your favorite movie? Uh, what is my favorite movie? Oh, gosh. Um, I'll just say, so my favorite, I like David Lynch movies a lot, but my recent favorite thing to do is rewatch Twin Peaks, which is a TV show and not the answer to your question, but I can't think of my favorite movie. No, I'll accept that. Too high a bar. I'd have to think about it for a while. I'm going with Twin Peaks. All right. Besides, Twin Peaks was actually like Twin Peaks: The Return was shot as like an 18-hour movie, so I kind of feel like right. it counts. Yeah, I, I, I'll th- that's fine. You know, I'm, I, we're not super particular on here, but we just want to we want to learn a little bit more about you. So, what's your? F- well, we you kind of may have already answered this. What's your favorite music artist? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably say Tool. Probably say Maynard James Keenan. Other than your dog, what's the last exotic animal that you either hand-fed or held or interacted with? I was super happy for this question because I actually went to Denver in October and specifically with the purpose of driving out to this wolf sanctuary. And so I got to play with the wolves. Oh, that's outstanding. Yes. It was like one of those bucket list experiences. So what kind of, I mean, are you just outside in a pen with them or like, what's the experience like? Yeah, they had an enclosure, so they take you in the enclosure and they give you some treats and the wolves, you know, come up and, you know, you're instructed how to interact with them and, uh, you know, they're pretty friendly and it was just, it was really fascinating. As soon as you see the treats are out though, they're a little less interested in you and then they want to go play with, you know, their buddies, but such is life. All right. And then, uh, last question, what was your tipping point Drupal moment? So I have to explain what does tipping point, is that like a high watermark? Well, no, I would say um, for a lot of people that we talk to, the tipping point uh, Drupal moment is at what point did you decide or did you find that, wow, this Drupal thing is something I want to make a, you know, either my entire career or a significant part of my career or 
I want to get involved in the community. Like what happened where you made that decision that I'm going to be spending a lot of time with this software and community? Hmm. So I think that would, I, at the University of Maryland back in 2008, 2009, I was on a committee to help evaluate CMSs uh, for adoption at the college. And so I tried out Joomla and all of these other, like, you know, ones that I didn't really like, but I really did love Drupal. I thought it was the most flexible. It was the most interesting. And keep in mind, this was also Drupal 6. Um, so, you know, despite all of its, you know, features, you know, and, and, and curiosities, uh, I still liked it a lot. And then I went to DrupalCon Denver. And I think maybe that was the point at which I decided that I really loved the community and that. It was more than just, oh, this software is really cool and I can make it do what I want to do. Uh, it was, you know, that moment where I was like, oh, I want to be indoctrinated into this crazy cult of individuals. Very good. Okay, so let me wrap things up here. I also want to mention webenabled.com and devpanel.com. And I will say that uh, the principal of uh, webenabled and devpanel, Salim Lakhani, was at Florida Drupal Camp, gave a great session. Um, Kevin recorded it. It's online on YouTube, so you can check that out if you're interested. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can listen to more either at drupaleasy.com or on any podcast catcher that you uh, care to use. Uh, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail and uh, comment or give us suggestions or just say hi, you can do that at um, area code in the U.S., uh, 321-396-2340. Upcoming podcasts, I will, let's see, well, I can mention two because I think they're just about definite. Um be talking to David Needham from Pantheon uh, coming up, I believe, on the very next podcast. And then after that, um, I believe I'm actually recording both of these next week. Uh, the new event coordinator, I believe is her title at the Drupal Association, um, a woman by the name of Brooke Candelaria, which might be my favorite new last name to say ever. Um, she's going to come on and tell us all there is to know about DrupalCon. And uh, So Heather, let me ask you a question because something I keep forgetting to ask people and I haven't heard anything. Have any of the keynote speakers been announced yet? I don't think they have. I haven't heard anything. I have no insider knowledge to share with you. I'm very sorry. Well, that's going to be my uh, my goal when we get Brooke on the podcast is to kind of get some keynote information because I'm kind of surprised that I haven't heard anything yet. But That's a good point. All right. Well, I have a job then for uh, for my, my interview with her. So, Heather, thank you very much um, for everything, for, you know, uh, you know, being you know, one of the track chairs and for coming on the podcast and for your work in the Drupal community. Uh, absolutely let us know when the new Drupal 8 version of georgia.gov comes out. Love to kind of hear about that journey now that we kind of got a little preview of that journey. And anything else uh, we need to cover or you think we're good? I think we're good. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. You're welcome. And we will see everybody on the next Drupal Easy podcast. See ya!